Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Not being able to to play uh, outside receiver, get off press. Um, a lot of questions were um, me being a, a fast guy. Uh, a deep threat guy so um, you know now this year um, I have been doing all of those things um, I have been doing what I'm asked of and um, just trying to you know set my team up for, for uh, better points on the scoreboard that's uh, Justin Jefferson talking about the things that people threw against him in the negative column that maybe pushed him further down draft boards we're going to talk about why Justin Jefferson fell beneath multiple other wide receivers we'll get Courtney Cronin on the show but Declan we might be uh we might be celebrating another Vikings victory or coping depending on what happens on Sunday. But Corona Hard Seltzer is our friend all season long. Yeah, and I'll tell you who didn't fall in the draft and it was Corona Hard Seltzer. He was a day one, one number one overall consensus pick. So, uh, the so he had great forty time. He had great hips. Um, the three cone drill, but replaced with hard, hard seltzer yeah, three cans. can drill was yeah. really, really good. That's what I do every uh, Friday night here in about four or five hours. I'll be doing a three can drill between all the Corona yeah. hard seltzers. Because yeah. Corona hard seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona hard seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer Spike Sparkling Water with Natural Flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Hey, you held up 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Um, I think about it a lot, and uh, that's what kind of fuels my game. Um, just having in the back of my mind that, you know, there's always people that, you know, doubt me of doing certain things. There's always people that, um, you know, has hatred towards me um, or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, I just use that as fuel towards my game, and um, I just go out there and just try to prove everybody wrong. That is the voice of the man who has the fourth most receiving yards in the NFL going into this week 14 slate of games. Justin Jefferson, 1,039 yards on 61 catches, seven touchdowns. This is Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Producing, and Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. She is a Vikings insider. And I know you you asked Justin Jefferson a couple questions about uh, what the season has been like. And, well, I mean, he fell behind multiple receivers in the draft, and those teams have to feel 
fairly foolish, I would think. So um, who who are the haters he's talking about, Courtney? I just think that's in general. Um, you know, you're the fifth receiver taken in a historically large draft class, and you're clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, no one's even close to where Justin Jefferson is in terms of his rookie production. I think T. Higgins has like 729 receiving yards. So he's from where Jefferson is and where he's crossing the 1,000-yard threshold last week. There's quite a bit of um, ground to make up uh, that I don't think any other rookie receiver is going to be able to do this year. But I would say haters are probably just, you know, you didn't pick me. I'm going to show you and and all of that. Um, it's a good it's a good way to kind of carry a chip on your shoulder to never get complacent. Um, but truly, I don't think there are any haters. I think everybody I've talked to um, on the team, nationally, locally, everybody loves Justin Jefferson. As I equated it off show, he's kind of like a golden retriever. Like, what is there not to love? Like, he's so likable as a person. Um, clearly likable on the field, too. I mean, for, for Kirk Cousins, who sometimes has a little bit of trepidation, trusting receivers, didn't take him that long to to really get in a rhythm here with Justin Jefferson. And yeah, they're still working at that. I'd like to see Jefferson targeted more than twice in the first half um, against Tampa Bay, but it's a, uh, the he's he's checked every box for everybody that we've talked to. I don't know if there's anybody who truly dislikes him, um, but you know, to stay humble and carry all that, uh, you know, kind of, I guess the, the goals and the motivation that you have for yourself, that's not a bad way to look at it. I'm confused, Courtney Cronin, because we all know that National Football League teams spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, right, on the draft process. We hire uh, psychologists. We hire people. We get to sit down and break down a person's uh, beliefs, their greatest hopes, their greatest fears, their dreams. Um, And I'm confused because of this. So... When Moss fell to the Vikings at uh, pick 21 in the first round in 98, that was because there were off-the-field concerns that, you know, were legitimate. When Harvin fell to the Vikings at the 22nd pick, the same one that Jefferson went with in 2009, he had failed the the, um, drug test at the Combine. And I think, rightfully so, people thought, you really should not fail that test because it's pre-planned. Okay, so I get that. My confusion is, what's your assessment or thought process on why th- this kid, who, as far as I can tell, you're exactly right, he's a good kid, he's a good person, mm-hmm. why the hell did he fall to 22? I can't get it with the amount of work that teams do behind the scenes. You know, when he first came to camp, um, or when we all got out there to see him, he's six one two oh three. It's what he's listed at on the Vikings website. I remember getting out there and thinking he's a lot bigger than I thought he would be because you think slot receiver, that's the label that he kind of got pigeonholed with. And certainly he's really good at it. You know, his junior season at LSU, he set a record school record in, in for receptions um, with 110 and he had a hundred balls caught out of the slot. So maybe teams like just didn't do enough due diligence to know that the year before his sophomore season, in 20 uh in 2018 that he had actually played outside more than he played in the slot I mean there was a significant body of work certainly the slot work that he had dominated everything and they were a national championship team and he was a huge part of that a team of all-stars so I think that it's honestly a lot of that and people saw okay look at his 40 time like Justin mentioned to us yesterday 
Um, he thinks that people just saw him kind of as like a deep threat and very not limited, but like he's got roles of what you're going to do and, and where he's going to work best. And, and that's what I thought initially, you know, when we were talking about what is this guy going to be for the Vikings? Are you going to have to ease him in training wheels, how that's all going to work? I mean, Gary Kubiak was telling us back in June that, yeah, we're probably going to start him in the slot. That's where he's most comfortable. See what we can do from there. But he didn't need those training wheels at all. Like it was very clear his first game that he really exploded against Tennessee in week three. Um, he was, he was fine wherever you put him and he could, you know, hold his own. So I think it's probably just the nature of, you know, the draft is never, it's an inexact science and it's something that always like boggles my mind as to why things happen, why guys fall, why guys, you know, get missed. And I mean, when you think about the receivers that were taken ahead of him, you know, Henry Ruggs was the first one off the board to go to the Raiders. He's been fine. Um, Jerry Judy also uh, ahead of him. He's been fine. Um, Then you've got, or, you know, excuse me, before that, I think I missed CeeDee Lamb in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he was after Judy. Um, he's been great for the Cowboys, but obviously their offense has had a lot of problems this year. So maybe you haven't seen like the full, you know, breadth of what he can offer. But they also have Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. So maybe that has something to do with it. And then I haven't heard Jalen Rieger's name outside of like a couple times. That was taken. He was taken right before Jefferson at 21 by the Eagles. Like if there's anybody who's probably feeling stupid here, it's the Eagles. Because everybody else that was off the board at that point, you know, Vikings were in the same situation, but Justin Jefferson was picked one pick below where they took, took Rieger out of TCU at 21. So I think a lot of that factors into it. And it was also such a deep receiving class. Like there were 30 something receivers taken the most, you know, ever uh, of, of a, of a draft class. And there were so many guys who had these fringe first round grades that fell to the second and the third round. I mean, think about where Tyler Johnson from the University of Minnesota went. I mean, that took forever. I think we were all expecting he'd be like an early day three pick. And then, you know, when he goes to the Bucks much later than that, it's kind of like, wow, like this was a really deep class and it kept pushing guys further and further down. Um, it's crazy, but I mean, Justin Jefferson is in a prime spot. Like, I mean, I think a lot of it is luck too. Not luck on in terms of the player, but luck in terms of the Vikings and, you know, hitting big on that because – you're not always going to do that with a rookie right away. And it didn't take the whole draft and develop like he was ready to go right away. Hey, you you posted a quote after Sunday's game from Kirk Cousins in which he said about Justin Jefferson, I'm so grateful that we have him. And then he repeated mm-hmm. again, I'm so grateful that we drafted him. In addition to being such a capable receiver, he has a great demeanor about him during the game. He doesn't get high or low just kind of stays the course. Of course, me being the uh, bleepster that I am, I retweeted and said, compared to who? So I read that and thought, yeah. oh, like, like obviously Stefan Diggs is is maybe the opposite of that in some ways. Although Stefan Diggs is also regarded as a good teammate, so I don't want to dump it all on him. But I guess what is the relationship from what you can tell between Cousins and Jefferson? And how different yeah. is Jefferson from Diggs? I didn't take it as that. My Twitter blew up like when that happened Sorry. and I was like, uh oh, no, it's not you, Phil. It's other people too. Um, a lot of Bills fans got a hold of that and people were saying, oh, shots fired at Diggs at him next time. I didn't really take it as that. I honestly think that was Kirk's general average, you know, run of the mill assessment of Justin Jefferson. Jefferson Jefferson has been great for him. He's not going to say anything but great things about him. Like we're happy he drafted it. We drafted him. We're happy you know, he's on the team. He's a great teammate. He doesn't get too high or too low. I don't think that's good at all. Oh, so, you know, the way that 
I look at that. I, I really wasn't thinking Kirk was making any sort of like under the table digs. I'd get at digs. Um, I guess you'd have to ask him about that, but um, you know, he's just, he's panned out really well. And there's a huge age difference between Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Yet. I don't think you'd find that to be so glaringly apparent. Um, if you didn't, you know, if you were, if you were just looking at it from like a surface level, like that, I mean, those two are, thickest thieves and I think it's a really cool role for Adam Thielen to kind of take that on in mentoring him and helping him through this process of becoming an NFL player and that same thing with Kirk Cousins too um you know they put they put a lot of trust in Justin Jefferson early and that's not just the the offensive staff saying hey throw the ball to him do all this stuff it's Kirk having to do that trust where his reads go is like his his line that he always uses well the reads are taking him to Justin Jefferson a lot of the time. And I think that that was my concern is, is he going to trust him soon enough? And is that going to pan out? Is it going to be something where he's, you know, it's going to take some time to get that rhythm and chemistry down. They didn't really have an off season. They had such a short period of time. And I think that that's a testament too to Justin Jefferson. He came into camp ready to work and it panned out really quickly. Like we didn't see, the learning curve with him that I think you might've anticipated just given that they didn't have the normal off season to do the training session in Atlanta and the throwing session. In talking uh, to people too, uh, with the team, Courtney, what do you think the feeling is behind the scenes about how much more there is there too? Because uh, he's certainly an impact player. He is for his age and experience, a really good player. But I would take it that there would also be an internal excitement about a next step or two, which would obviously cause nightmares for opposing defenses, but could be possible. Yeah. Um, if he's this good his rookie year, like how good is he going to be year two, year yeah. three? I mean, I think that the, the thought process is you could have a perennial pro bowler on your hands and you could have somebody that you build an offense around going forward. Um, sure, we think about that in a way with Dalvin Cook and obviously Kirk Cousins putting pieces around him, but truly Justin Jefferson is is the you know the longevity of that offense and what you can continue to progress from and build around. I mean, he is he's a terrific playmaker and he's 21 years old. Like, imagine how good he's going to be when he actually gets to like the cusp of his prime. I mean, it's not the same situation, but it's kind of like the same argument that we deal with um, with Daniil Hunter of like, wow, when this guy actually gets into his prime of being a passer, he's going to be really good. Yep. Um, so that's uh, that's the way I kind of look at it with Justin Jefferson. And like, there's so much untapped potential there. Like they're getting out so much of him now. And even Mike Zimmer says like, you know, he tries to keep guys humble, of course. Like he's going to point out mistakes. He's going to point out things that he sees in um, in practice. And I do think that, you know, Jefferson is a rookie. I'm sure there's rookie mistakes behind the scenes or even at practice that we're not seeing. But the fact that it's not showing up on game days really shows you that he can translate what he's learning, what he's being taught, and not have it muck up or anything on on game day. Like, he is a polished player, which I just don't know if you see that, you know, with so many guys coming straight out of college and being asked to play as much as he is. Yeah. I, I really think, I feel like, you know, for like 10 years there between, I don't know, like 2005 when when Brady was getting to his peak and Peyton Manning was at his peak and then uh, you still had Favre, you had sort of the old guard and then these new guys coming in eventually like over that 10-year stretch of Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson, you had a group of quarterbacks and Big Ben that could elevate almost any group of receivers. Like you weren't just going to put a bunch of undrafted guys out there, but uh, but like the philosophy was, 
All right, we got Tom Brady, so we're probably not going to spend first round picks on wide receivers. We're just going to like we're going to look for talent elsewhere. I almost feel like now teams are so invested in these thirty million dollar quarterbacks that you know whether a guy's on a rookie contract or they know he's headed for a thirty million dollar contract. We're almost seeing, and and I think receivers with specialty camps and all the different training that they go through as junior high, high school kids. I think we're coming back around the other way where teams are looking for superstar talent at that position. It's not just a replaceable commodity like it might have been 10 years ago. And I don't think last year was just like a blip on the radar of, oh, we had a a good wide receiver draft. I think this is going to be a thing going forward where that position is viewed as a much more important cog in building an overall winning franchise, Courtney. Well, look back to 2014 when all those dudes got drafted. Beckham, I think Mike Evans was in that class. I mean, there were a bunch of them. And like that was the year where you had kind of like this movement of really good rookie playmakers. You're like, wow, what is the next five, six years going to, how's that going to pan out in the NFL? And you're seeing it literally in real time in the five year span. Um, And I wonder how that's going to be for this draft class. Cause of course there's the guys who, who start out hot or at least like are still kind of promising, but then they always trickle off. Um, that wasn't the case from the 2014 class. And I honestly think that's probably going to be the same thing here because, you know, there's, there's guys who are a product of just being on bad teams. Like I think Jerry Judy could develop into a very, very good receiver um, if the Broncos can ever get it together. And I mean, Henry Ruggs has flashed. I mean, he's looked pretty good for the Raiders and they're a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs right now. So um, I'm really curious to see by the time that this is all over how some of these receivers that are on bad teams right now, like when you, when you think about the Broncos, um, T Higgins with, with uh, Cincinnati, um, Jalen Rieger with, with Philly. Like, I don't want to write them off just yet because they are a product of being in like some pretty atrocious offenses. Um, but, you know, it is a cornerstone piece. Like, I don't think that the receiver group is as much of, you know, draft them and then we get rid of them and we can and move on from that. Like, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're not, you're not building around the run game unless you're certain teams. So you should be building around the skill position, which in my mind, you know, the receiver position should be always have always have a weapon for your guy to throw to. So that should be at least, you know, one of the top priorities every single year, if you're not already set at that position. Who builds around the run game in 2020? Get real. What are you talking about? I have no idea. What the run game? No way. Uh, the one thing that, that I'll say about Justin as well, and it comes back to Phil Mackey's guy, Kirk Cousins, is this. Um, when Kirk trusts you, Kirk is a really, really good QB for a guy like this, Courtney, because Jefferson's skill set fits really well with throws Kirk can make. Now, Kirk mm-hmm. is at times afraid to make those throws. I get that. But if we break it down and say the routes that this kid can run, Kirk can really competently, if not above that, make all of those throws. So so giving Cousins credit, the marriage actually works well because once that trust is there, there are a mm-hmm. variety there are a variety of throws that with Kirk's arm talent he can make on plays that Jefferson on the receiving end can make. Um and I think that's going to be a gradual build as well. Because I will say this, so the one Kirk uh, pass that I want to see him throw to Jefferson, and it might not work, but is the end of the game, oh my God, I've got to make a throw, and it doesn't go to 19, it goes to 18. 
because that to me is the final step of I completely yeah. trust this kid. Yeah, and I was on Dave, such an important part of this offense when he was here. He's number like you know at the time number one contested catch receiver in the NFL. Kirk could chuck up a ball and not really have a whole ton of faith in it, but know that his guy has the body control, yep. the speed, the separation, the release, the whole thing. It's just a body of work that he's going to be able to come down with that ball. And he trusts that in those situations, red zone, tight window throws, where, wherever it was, that Diggs was going to be that guy. I think Jefferson's developing into that. I mean, Thielen is the red zone threat right now. It's very clear. Uh, he has his guy he's going to inside the 20. It's not Kyle Rudolph. Um, it's Adam Thielen. And, you know, Adam Thielen is to Kirk Cousins what Mike Evans is to Tom Brady. And it's like they're completely different receivers, but it just shows you how important having your guy down there is. Um, will Justin Jefferson develop into that in time? Maybe. Um, I think, honestly, sometimes guys in this offense not get pigeonholed, but it's like, you know, with the quarterback himself, like you're saying, Judd, he'll lock on to certain guys and be like, I'm only going to you when we're in this situation. I'm only going to you here, whatever. Um, and I'd like to see that change if, if it is possible for that to change because Jefferson can help you out in so many ways. Like what they're learning is they don't have to just take deep shots off play action to get him involved in the game. Like they can get him involved in a number of different ways. Um, and he's truly a special talent. I mean, they can run the same sort of deep over routes that they used to run with digs, deep crossing routes. And, and it helps like, because you have two really good receivers um, when one's freed up and as a one-on-one matchup, I mean, that's because the other one's getting, you know, doubled or has like extra defenders in, in attention to him. That's going to help Kirk. Um, so making, I mean, this was a top priority for a reason. It was the reason that they felt comfortable um, being able to trade digs away to begin with because they knew they got the draft capital to go after a receiver early on. So I think it was, you know, only the beginning, these 12 games that we've seen so far from Justin Jefferson, of the type of role that he can actually play in this offense long term. Um, and, and that's going to rely on Kirk Cousins continuing to build that trust with him, but also in Jefferson's part, proving to his quarterback and showing his quarterback, Hey, you can trust me because I just feel like that's the type of thing that you need to instill in Kirk cousins in order for those, you know, big time plays to happen where they might be a lower percentage probability of a, of a completion. And, and maybe the, like the most complimentary thing I can say about Justin Jefferson is if you were to have asked Vikings fans, uh, especially Vikings fans who thought, all right, Stefan Diggs, have fun with Josh Allen overthrowing you on every pass. Like Josh Allen was going to completely figure out accuracy in 2020, and Stefan Diggs was going to lead the NFL in receptions and flirt with the NFL lead in yards and just have a ridiculous breakout season. And I were to tell Vikings fans, and you're never going to think about it. It's just not going to. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter. Period. In fact, I, it's I think fine. we can put that to to bed. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like people still want to argue about you know, the trade and was it worth it? And would you do it again? And I honestly think you would, because I don't want to play sure. the hindsight game of, well, maybe he'd be happy digs. That is if you did X, Y, and Z and you didn't extend cousins and whatever, like, I don't want to play that. It's just too confusing. Um, it happened and they couldn't have gotten, I mean, I'm not going to say that Jefferson is Stefan Diggs six years into his career as a rookie. Like, I don't think that's a fair assessment. Justin Jefferson is a stellar rookie receiver right now. I mean, not even Diggs was doing this as a rookie. So let's compare like not six years in somebody who's been playing since 2015 to somebody who was drafted in 2020. 
Compare them where they are right now. That's the fair argument. You're getting production out of Jefferson that you would have gotten out of out of Diggs had he been here. Um, and that's why I think you can, at the end of the day, like sit back and say that was a great trade considering all the draft capital you got with it, including a pick in 2021. But to go back right around, you know, at 22 in the draft and, and get Jefferson for the pick that you traded Diggs for, the primary one, that first rounder, it couldn't have worked out any better for this team. Yeah. I mean, the, the scoreboard between the two of them right now through 12 games, Justin Jefferson, yards, check, yards per reception, check, touchdowns, check, first downs about equal 42 to 46, uh, dig slight edge, yards per target, Justin Jefferson, four more yards per target than Stefan Diggs. So uh, pretty amazing. That's a wrap. And he's been targeted less too. So Exactly. He's been targeted that. like 40 times less, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Courtney Cronin, you can check her workout at ESPN.com. Just click on the Vikings page and uh, be sure to check out Vikings Ventline right after Vikings and Buccaneers finish up on Sunday. YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.